Hey, good morning. Welcome to River Ridge. My name's Matt, and I'm uh, glad you're here. Why don't you introduce yourselves on three? One, two, three. I'm... Got them all. Excellent. Hey, welcome. I'm glad that you're here, whether you're here in person or watching online. Uh, it's good to be together. You know, there are so many great things happening around Rivers Church, and you guys don't always get the inside track to see some of the neat stuff that's happening. And so uh, just a great picture of what God is doing uh, Tuesday, this past Tuesday morning. I'm driving up the driveway to get here to church, and I come across this series of signs. That's the best one, free breakfast inside. So that's our Mops ministry. And so Mops began on Tuesday morning, and that was just the way that they welcomed all of these moms up the hill. And then we've got a shot from what was going on inside the building. And I love the fact that there were about 40-plus moms who were gathered together to share, to have community, to be together, to eat together. And there are a gazillion kids running around the church as well. But God is doing some amazing things through Riverage Church and through the leadership here. And I just love that. I just want us to be able to celebrate that together. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you that we get to be together. We get to look into your word and that we get to connect with you this morning. God, I pray that you would open up your word to us and we would see you in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we're going to be in the book of Colossians this morning. So if you brought your Bible, open up to Colossians chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, you can open it up on your River Ridge app uh, or YouVersion Bible or however you want to do that. Um, You notice that there's an illustration here. I just want to be real clear. This is not moonshine. I know some of you are concerned that that that's not not where we're going. That's not moonshine, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, So we're wrapping up our series this morning called Reconnect. And it's a series for those who are reconnecting. You've been away from God for a while and you want to reconnect. It's a series for those who want to connect with God for the first time. And it's a series for many of us that we want to connect and stay connected with God. And so over the last few weeks, we've talked about how do we do that. One part, a huge part, is understanding the character of God. That when we understand who God is, then we are drawn to him. Right? And then next week, we talked about prayer. How we want to create a rhythm of prayer, of listening to God, of speaking to God, of responding to God. And then last week, we talked about people and how we need other people in our lives to help us to connect to God as closely as we can. We need to be close to people, and they will help us to be close to God. And a lot of people are joining groups, and it's pretty exciting. Uh, So about 70-plus people are going to start in a River Ridge home group, women's group, men's group, beginning this week. Totally brand new people joining several hundred other people. So if that's you, man, I'm so excited for you joining a group. Because you're going to experience all the stuff that we've talked about as far as community and encouragement and care and support. And you're going to receive that, but you're also going to have great opportunity to give that to other people in their lives. And so if you didn't sign up for a Ridge Group, it's not too late. You can do it in the lobby this morning, but they're all starting tonight and then through this week. You can also click the app and do it that way. Uh, But I'm just excited for those of you who are taking that risk and saying, we're going to be in a group. We're going to see how it goes because I think you're going to love it. So today we're talking about the fourth connector of connecting with God. It's connecting with God through the Bible. And have you ever heard um, coaches use the expression, we got this game circled on the calendar? You know, if you're Ohio State, we got Michigan circled on the calendar. If you're Alabama, we got Auburn circled on the calendar. If you're WVU, we got Oklahoma circle. You know, there's like the circle it on the date sort of mentality. And what that means is this game is super important. Every other game, all the games are important, but this one, like we got to look towards this one. 
This morning's message is what I would call a circle it on the calendar message. It's one that I've been looking forward to because what we're going to talk about this morning, I think perhaps more than anything else that we talk about at Riverage Church, if you're a follower of Christ, is the thing that will help you connect and go further and further in your walk with Christ. Now, if you're not a believer, the most important thing is to find a relationship with Christ. But once you have a relationship with Christ, this is the key to developing that connection with God. And so we're going to talk about this. What does it mean to connect with God through the Bible? We're going to talk about why. We're going to talk about how. We're going to talk about some of the obstacles that we have as we approach the Bible and why, what keeps us from that. But this is a message that's going to help us to get there. There's a guy named Barna. He owns a Barna Research, Barna Research Company, and they do some of the most extensive uh, research and trends within the church, in, kind of within church and Christianity. And so this is a survey that they did, and this is a statistic that they found, that among practicing Christians, so, and they define practicing Christians as those who regularly attend church, who have a high view of the Bible, So in other words, they believe the Bible is true and the Bible is helpful for life. Of that group of people, and that would be pretty much all of us in this room, only 35% of those people read the Bible outside of Sunday morning, more than once a week, right? Only 35%. And again, that's us. That means 65% of the folks in this room probably don't read the Bible beyond Sunday morning. Why is that statistic so low. Because if we're practicing Christians, we say, yes, I believe in God and Jesus and all that, and yes, I believe the Bible is true and helpful, why is it that so few of us read the Bible on a regular basis? You know, it could be different reasons, and, and as I go through these, think about for you, why is it for you? Why don't you read the Bible perhaps as much as you would like to or perhaps as much as you would want to? You know, one of the reasons has to do with time. The excuse is, the reason is, I don't have time. I mean, we're busy people with work and family and, and exercise, and we're driving kids here and there, and we're, we've got a lot going on in our lives, you know, posting stuff on Facebook, watching movies, getting work done, working around the house, fixing the yard up, fixing this. I mean, we live busy, busy lives, and so sometimes for us, it's like, man, I want to, but I just don't have the time. I'm too busy doing other stuff. You know, another reason people don't read the Bible is I don't get anything out of it. And I hear this, and this is some of the comments that I hear from time to time is I don't get anything out of it. Maybe it's I don't understand it. It's just it's hard to understand. Or maybe I don't get anything out of it because it seems kind of archaic. It seems old. It's about people who lived a long time ago and they're dead and they don't live the same life I do and the issues that are talked about don't seem to be that relevant to how I live in the 21st century. And I just kind of seems irrelevant, so I don't get much out of it. Or it could be that maybe you started in the wrong place. And this happens a lot. People say, I want to read the Bible. I know that's important as a Christian. I'm just following God. And so open up to page one, and they read Genesis chapter one, and it's like, okay, there's some interesting stories in there about people that kind of do some weird stuff. And then you get to Exodus, and there's some miracles there. It's like, well, that's kind of weird. God did miracles then, but not now, but okay. And then you get into Leviticus, and it starts talking about, like, this is how you sacrifice a bull. This is how you burn an offering. This is how you don't wear two different types of clothing together. This is, and it's like, okay, I have no idea what I'm doing in this thing. And so people give up. You know, it's this, I don't get much out of it. The other reason I think that sometimes people don't read the Bible is, I don't know how. 
Like, I know I'm supposed to read the Bible, but I just don't get, like, how am I supposed to do this? What's it supposed to look like? How do I go about reading it? And so you read it, and it just becomes this kind of fruitless effort that you don't get anything out of. And so little by bit, you stop reading it. Now, I didn't have you raise your hand as we went through these reasons, but if you're honest with yourself, why? What is it that keeps you from reading God's Word on a regular basis? Well, I want us to turn, and we're going to see some of the answer to that in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And this is a passage that um, Paul wrote. He wrote a letter to the people in Colossae, and his goal for this church was that they would be fully connected to God. He wrote this letter so that they would have an incredible connection to God. In the same way that we're talking about this here is we want to be connected to God. And so he says this prayer. He writes this prayer for them, beginning in Colossians chapter 1. Verse 9. And it's a picture of the life that God wants to have for us. Let me read it to you in two different parts. It says this. It says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. <clears throat> That's the life that we want. Let me break this down for us. It says, having the knowledge of his will. Wouldn't you like to know God's will? Should I buy this house? Should I start dating this person? Should I stop dating that person? Should I do this with my kids? Should I be more strict with my kids or more lenient? How do I fix myself? What, do I, what am I supposed to do to kind of fix the demons in my life? Wouldn't you like to know God's will? And then it says, to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. Wouldn't you like to live a life that is fully pleasing to God in every single area of your life? That the way you do your finances, that the way that you spend your time, that the way that you love your spouse, or the way that you raise your kids, that God would be fully pleased with you in every area of your life. Do you want that? I know that I do. And it says, bearing fruit in every good work. And the Bible talks about fruit, and there's two different kinds of fruit, and there's sort of an overlap because one flows out of the other, but it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. It says that that's the fruit that comes when we are in connection with God, the fruit of the Spirit. Do you want that in your life? Yeah, we want all those things in our lives. And then the other kind of fruit is making an impact on the world. And I think all of us yearn for that. We want to make a difference outside of our lives. We want to make a difference in somebody else's life, helping them to grow closer to God, helping them to have a need that is met, helping somebody else to come to know Christ. And so we want to bear fruit in our lives. That's a picture of the life that I think all of us want. And then it says, increasing in the knowledge of God. And what it's talking about here in the word is epigenesis. It's this word of precisely understanding. Like the more that we understand God, the more that we'll fall in love with him. And do you want that? Yeah, I think that we want that. I want to know God fully and intimately and completely and be drawn to him. That's the life that we want. And it continues on in verse 11. It says, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might 
for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. That's what God wants for us. And I think this is what we want for ourselves as well. It says that we would be strengthened with all power. I mean, do you want more strength in your life? I think all of us do. I think we, we want to be done with different stuff in our life. It's like, I just wish I didn't have to deal with this or deal with that. But we have to deal with it. And so we go, give me the strength to have it. And we are connected to God and we have the strength to walk through the difficult times of life. It says, with endurance and patience. I mean, who wants more patience? Every one of us wants more patience, whether it's patience at the DMV, whether it's patience with customer service, whether it's patience with your spouse, whether it's patience with your parents, whether it's patience with your kids, or patience with your kids, or patience with your kids, or patience with your kids, right? We all want that, right? And you know what else we want? We want patience with ourselves, right? That's what we want. This is the picture of what God wants for us. And continues on, says, um, it says, with joy, giving thanks to the Father. Don't you want to have joy in your life? And joy, and we've talked about this a lot, the difference between joy and happiness is joy transcends the circumstances of our lives, right? Don't you want that where your joy is not based on circumstances, but you can have joy no matter what you're facing? Then it says, talks about to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light, to know that, yes, I'm going to spend 70 or 80 or 100 or 94 years or whatever it is on this earth, but man, my home is in heaven, and I have a hope of heaven, and we want to live with that expectation, right? These are the things that we're looking for in life, and it says at the beginning of verse 9, it says that we would be filled with these things. A couple chapters later, Paul's still writing to the Colossians, and he shares a truth about how this happens. It's Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, if you want to circle it or underline it. But it says this. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ, let the word of God dwell in you richly. And you see, when the word of God, when the word of Christ dwells in us richly, then we have all these things in increasing measure that we talked about. Patience and strength and knowledge and understanding what God wants us to do. When the word of Christ dwells in us richly. So I want to give you an illustration. Here's kind of what happens for a lot of us. We say, yep, I want the word of Christ to dwell in me richly. And so we're going to say that this tea bag is like the word of God, and this water, not moonshine, is like us and our lives, right? And so what we do is we come to church, and we sing some songs, and then we hear a 30-minute message, and then we go home, we go back to our houses, and then we come back the next week, or maybe we don't come back the next week because we've got, you know, travel soccer with our kids, or we've got something else going on, or a kid is sick, and we come back the week after that. And so then again, we, we put the Word of God in our lives for 30 minutes or so on a Sunday morning, uh, and then we go home, and then maybe we come back the next week, or maybe we don't. But what happens, we go, okay, we do this, this pattern goes on for a while, and then we taste the water. And we're like, 
that's just sort of watery with like a little bit of tea flavor. This is not tea. We go, why is that? Because they said that if the word of God is in us, that it's supposed to change our lives. We go, well, maybe it's the tea. Maybe it's not strong enough. Maybe the, the word of God isn't preached loud enough or strong enough or deep enough or whatever it is, creatively enough. We go, man, but we look at this and the problem is, it says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. We're not letting the word of God dwell in us richly. We, just to put an analogy of form, we say we need to let the tea bag dwell in the water richly. It needs to steep in the tea, right? And with our own lives, we need to let the word of God dwell in us richly. It needs to be there more than just 30 minutes a week for it to have a difference, for God to make a difference in our lives through connecting with God through the Bible. And so what I want us to do is I want to take the next 10, 15 minutes or so and talk about how do we do this? How do we let the word of God dwell in us richly? We're going to get really practical, some principles I'm going to share. Um, and I really, and I said, this is a message that I've circled on the calendar. I said, this message is going to help us. If we can do what God wants us to do, with this message, it will have a ripple effect on the rest of our lives. So I came up with one of the most memorable phrases that I could come up with to help you remember what we're talking about this morning. Are you ready for it? Do you have great anticipation? I worked hard on this one. I didn't invent this. I stole it from somebody else. Are you ready? And we even have a graphic for it. Stop, drop, and roll. Anybody ever heard that one? Stop, drop, and roll. It's what you do if you're on fire but it's also what we're going to talk about to help us to remember so that we can richly dwell with God's word. So we stop, drop, and roll. I'm going to go through a bunch of different things over the next few minutes. And some of these will be brand new to you. A lot of them will be review. But what I hope is that all of them are a reminder. Say, yep, this is part of getting into God's word. This is part of dwelling richly in God's word. So the first thing that we do is stop. Stop what you are doing. Stop what you are doing. And here's what I mean is this. Is one of the biggest obstacles to getting in God's word is time. And so we need to stop everything else that we're doing in our lives and just pause and be with God. You know, for a lot of folks, the best time for that is in the morning. Just stop for a few minutes in the morning and be with God. For some people, it's at night. Very few people do I know that can get going with their day and just say, hey, it's 1045, I'm going to stop and be with God. That do that in the beginning of the day. Stop and spend time with God. Because I know for me, once I get going, once my day gets going, I just get busy, 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 and I can't stop. Stop at the beginning of your day and be with God. A couple of practical things related to stop. Here's the first thing is Pick a doable amount of time or pick a manageable amount of time. You know, maybe it's been a while since you read the Bible or you're just starting to read the Bible and it's been, you know, three months or six months or two years and you're like, I got to read the Bible. I got to make up for lost time. And you're like, I'm going to read for 30 minutes every day or I'm going to read through the Bible in a year, this year. I'm going to, and we set these goals that are so kind of unmanageable, 
right? It sort of reminds me of how people diet is, you know, people go on these kind of extreme diets. Like, okay, I'm not going to eat any carbs. I'm going to eat Whole30 forever. I'm not going to eat anything that tastes good. I'm not going to eat anything but lettuce. I'm not going to eat anything that, if a rabbit doesn't eat, then I'm not going to eat it. People go on these diets, right? And if you diet that way, that's fine. I'm making an analogy here. No judgment about dieting or not dieting. Um, But here's the thing is, those diets are not sustainable because you've just bitten off more than you can chew, so to speak, right? It's like we, we can't eat low carbs, no carbs, whole 30 for 30 years. People do it in spurts, right? But what we want to do when it comes to reading the Bible is pick an amount of time that's manageable, 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, five minutes a day, but stick to that day after day after day. Where that happens makes a difference. Find a place that's quiet. Find a a Starbucks, a a cafe, a a room in your house, your bed, but find a place that's quiet away from people. And then the other part of the stop is prayer. As you begin to have this time with God, make sure that you invite God to be a part of it. Spend the first 20 seconds just saying, God, would you speak to me that we pray as we begin this? Here's the second, is drop into God's word. Drop into God's word. So let me throw a bunch of different things related to dropping into God's word. First thing is have a translation of the Bible that you understand. Like there's a ton of translations out there. And if you're new to the Bible or new to Christianity, there are all kinds of letters. There's the ESV, the NLT, the PRT, the FWI. I mean, there's all kinds of lettered Bibles out there. It's like, what do all those mean, right? Find a Bible. It doesn't matter which one, which version, but find one that is readable for you. I read out of this on Sunday mornings most of the time out of what's called the English Standard Version or abbreviated ESV. Uh, I used to do the New International Version, NIV. I changed just because I wanted a little change for myself to challenge myself. Sometimes the New Living Translation, another abbreviation, NLT. Apparently, they all have to have three letters, KJV, NAS. But I say that Find one that works for you. If you don't have a Bible or you don't have a Bible that's readable, we have a stack of Bibles out there that are free for you. Just take one. If you're like, I don't understand my Bible or I don't have a Bible, take one from out there that's free. Download the U version of the Bible on your phone and use that. Get one that is readable. Here's something else as we drop into God's Word is I'd encourage you to get a study Bible. Okay, those are not study Bibles out there, but you can kind of graduate into that. But a study Bible is a Bible, and I think we have a sample picture of this. The top of this is the, the verses, the scripture, and then the bottom gives all of this explanation about this is what you just read. And it's helpful to have that because the fact is, and there's some truth to the statement that the Bible can be hard to understand sometimes. And I saw this in a fresh way this week, um, or really kind of in the last couple of weeks, uh, so my son, Ben, uh, has started to play this game called Pokemon Go. How many of you have heard of Pokemon Go? Okay, so it's this little game. You have it on your phone, and you walk around, and you find these little Pokemons, and then you flick a ball on your phone, and it, you capture the Pokemon. He becomes part of your team, right? And so he plays this, and I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to play it with you. It'd just be something fun to do. We can walk around. So yesterday we went to a park and played Pokemon Go for 20 minutes because we were someplace different. It's just, it's fun. But I realized that there's a whole language out there that I don't understand, that he talks about with this thing. I just, I can flick a ball and capture a Pokemon. But so he said this to me yesterday. I had to write it down. I'm like, I have no idea what that means. He says, if I use a golden raspberry, 
on an Articuno, then my capture rate will be 7.5. But if I make a good throw, then my chances increase. I'm like, that's awesome, Ben. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Not inspired. And, and then he said, to evolve a Weedle to a Kakuna, it takes 12 candies. Like, it's using words to describe what happens, and I don't even understand the words. Sometimes when we read the Bible, that happens. You read stuff, you're like, I don't know what that means. That happens to me from time. I'm like, I don't know what that means. I'll pull out a study Bible, or I'll come back to it. And if, that, if you come across, if you're reading something, you're like, I don't know what that means, just skip it. Come back to it later. Ask somebody what it means. But keep going until you get to something that you do understand that adds meaning and value to what you want to understand. Here's the next one. When you drop into the Bible, here's what you're looking for, and you're going to want to jot this down. We'll put the whole acronym up here. It's the acronym SPEC, okay? SPEC. When you read God's Word, here's some things that you want to be looking for, okay? Give you five things, because when we read God's Word, we want, again, we want to dwell on us richly. We don't just want to, hey, I read a passage, check that box off, and I go on to my next thing. We want to interact with the Bible. And so here's five things that you can look for. The first is sin. Is there a sin that is mentioned in the passage that you read that you can avoid or stop doing? Is there something that points out a sin in your life that you want to avoid or stop? The second is P, promise. Is there a promise contained in the passage that you read about what life has to offer, what God offers to you? And the promise could be an unconditional promise, no matter who you are, no matter what you are, this is God's character, and this is what he promises to you. Or it could be a conditional promise that if you live this way, then here is the blessing that comes with it. If you do this, then this. So it could be a conditional or an unconditional promise. The third thing to look for is an example. Look for an example. Is there an example of somebody who had great faith, like Abraham, that you can do what he did? Is there somebody that had a great faith, like Peter, that you can do what he did? But also, the Bible is full of examples of what not to do. There's some things that Abraham did that were pretty boneheaded. Say, okay, don't do that. Don't tell people that your wife is actually your sister. That doesn't end well for him or for us, right? Just as an example, right? But look for an example to follow or to not follow. The third is command. Is there something that is commanded in here about that you are supposed to do something or that you are not supposed to do something? But look for the commands of God in here when you read the Bible. And then the fifth one is this, is knowledge of God. Is there something that you see in here that gives you a picture of who God is or what God's character is? You know, and that could be God the Father, that could be God in terms of Jesus or God the Holy Spirit. But what does it say about God and who is Jesus? What do you learn about Jesus or about God the Father or about the Holy Spirit? Now, as you roll into the Bible, there are going to be some days where you don't feel like it. You say, hey, every morning I'm going to get up at 6.15 instead of 6.30 and I'm going to spend that extra 15 minutes reading the Bible. Or every night before I go to bed... I'm going to spend 10 minutes reading the Bible. And there are going to be nights or days or mornings where you're like, I just don't feel like it. What do you do in that case? I would encourage you to kind of have a do it anyway sort of mentality. To say, God, I don't really feel like doing this. I know that's not the way I should feel, but I'm going to spend this time anyway. And we pray and say, God, would you show me something? But I think it's important to keep the end in mind. 
You know, I read all these things from the book of Philippians and I say, that's what we're after. Understanding God, understanding decisions in my life, having patience, having strength. We read all those things. That's the goal and we get to it by connecting with God through his word. But it's not just I read the Bible, I check a box and I go on. The goal of this time with God is relationship, relationship. I grow in my relationship with God. And so there is a part of it that we push through and we say, I made a commitment every day. I'm going to be with God for 10 minutes, 7 minutes, 20 minutes, 5 minutes, whatever it is. So I'm going to push through and I'm going to do what God wants me to do and connect with him. I want to introduce you to a great resource um, that we have invested in as a church, and it's called Right Now Media. Um, and this is a phenomenal deal. It's basically like the Bible study version of Netflix. And we want everybody here to have access to this. And it has all kinds of resources. That's just a sample page that I screenshotted. But it has all kinds of studies in different books. You've got James, Colossians, Exodus, Judges. Pretty much every book of the Bible is represented there. You have famous people, you know, famous Christian speakers and authors like uh, Francis Chan or Tim Keller, whoever your favorite author is, if you have one, they most likely have a study here. It has topical stuff. There's a ton of studies on marriage. There's a ton of studies on um, finances. There's a bunch of them on Christian living. There's all kinds of topics that you can find out there. And so what's going to happen in an hour and 20 minutes at 12 noon is that you're going to receive an email from us or from Right Now Media inviting you to create an account. And so this is completely free to you. We have front-ended and paid for all this for the church as a subscription as a whole. Um, for you to have this opportunity to have regular access to great quality materials for yourself. And maybe you'll use it in the small group or home group you're in, or you'll use it just for yourself. But man, there are some fantastic stuff out there. Yesterday morning, I woke up and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna spend some time with God. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna see what it would be like to have a quiet time with Right Now Media. And so I, I browsed through and I found the, the icon that you're looking at um, over there of Philippians. I'm like, I'm gonna start Philippians. We'll just see what that looks like. And I clicked on it and I had a quiet time that was guided by an elephant and a turtle. <laughs> and it was great. It was probably designed for somebody, you know, 40 years younger than me. Um, but it was awesome, and I learned some things about the book of Philippians that I didn't know before by watching this elephant and this turtle narrate the first couple verses of Philippians chapter 1. I encourage you, look for that email today, log in, create your account, and then just go after it. If we don't have your email address on file at Riverridge, you will not get it. So if you don't think we have your email, write that down, and we will add you to that list. But just super excited about this right now media and the opportunity it opens up. Stop, drop, and roll, okay? Here's the third part, is roll out with an application. Roll out with an application. This is ultimately what we're shooting for. Again, the goal is not just to read the Bible for a few minutes and check a box and say, I did that. The goal is that we would be able to apply it to our lives. All the stuff that we talked about from Philippians chapter 1, that comes not just from reading the Bible, but from when we apply the truths and the principles and the commands and the promises. When we apply that in our lives, that's when life change occurs. And so something very practical that I do, two practical things really, is first I say I'm not going to end my time with God until I have learned something that I can apply. 
until I've learned something. I'm not going to just say, okay, I spent my time, I read my chapter, I did my whatever, I did my work. I say, I'm not going to finish, I'm not going to say I'm finished until I have something that I have learned that I can apply. And then the second thing that I do, and this is not for everybody, but maybe this is for you, is I journal, I write it down. I'll take about a half a sheet of paper to a sheet of paper, and I'll just say, this is what I learned, and I'll go back and read it every month or two. Uh, but for me, that's just an accountability thing that if I haven't written anything down, then I'm not really done with my time with God. So I'd encourage you to have that application part, to say, hey, I'm not finished till I can roll out of this time with an application. Stop what you're doing, drop into God's word, and then roll out with an application. I want to give you a preview of next week. So this is the end of our Connect, Reconnect series. Uh, but we're starting a new series next week, which is called Level Up. And uh, we've got this kind of retro game theme to it as far as the graphics. Uh, but what it's going to be, and I'm so excited about this, is we're going to kind of take what we've done here this morning and do it for five or six weeks in 2 Timothy. And 2 Timothy is a great book. It's Paul writing to Timothy and he's saying, here's how you need to step up in your walk with God. And we're going to let that challenge us for five weeks as we level up in our own walk with God, as we get serious about our own walk with God, no matter where you're coming from spiritually, we want this to be a series that really challenges you to take it to the next level in so many different areas of your life. So I encourage you to come and be a part of that. But one of the things I'm super excited about with next week is we're going to give you uh, a devotional guide that will take you through First and Second Timothy over about a five-week period. And I'll have questions, and this whole spec thing will be woven in there. But an opportunity for you to put this into practice and say, okay, for the next however many days, I'm going to spend time with God. Because when we spend time with God, it changes our lives. You look back at this tea, and it's starting to look more like tea. It's probably starting to taste more like tea because it's been steeping in there. And that's what we want. We want to continue to be with God. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And that's how we connect to God, and that's how our lives are transformed. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you that you give us the word of God, that you give us your words, and you say, live this way. Be connected to me in this way. God, thank you for that. Help us to do that, Lord. God, this one discipline will change our lives forever. Help us to do this. Help us to get there. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.